Hello, TFS Insider listeners, and thank you for another amazing year. We had so much fun expanding TFS Insiders beyond TFS and exploring the different aspects of the fashion industry. For this year's guest designer, we had the pleasure to have Urban Outfitters, and now they are here with us on this season finale to share their journey and how they got to where they are now.
That's how I think you build ideas. Yeah, I start totally. with one thing, like take yeah. it down, pass it down, yeah. the yeah. line, and next thing you know, you have this incredible project or partnership or program or yeah. great design. Definitely. Yeah. Even even just with like styling out the looks, like Lady came to us and for the fashion show that mm -hmm. we're here for on Saturday. Um, Lady had an idea, and then she passed it off to myself and the menswear concept person, and we worked with that a bit. And then Lady came back and said, let's change this. So it's kind of like a passing around of creativity, and then you all work together, and then you build this like beautiful end result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. very fun. Yeah. It seems like it makes it a lot more personal, even though it is this like, big corporate yeah. job. That's it is very personal. I I like to call it the largest <laughs> mom and pop shop. Because, <laughs> like, I feel I like that. there is just... Um, you know, the founder still comes to work every day as well, and I think I think there's something to that because he and his wife um, are very involved, and they I think they connect the thread and the personal touch of the brand, and that kind of trickles down throughout yeah. the entire brand. And like just even seeing you guys like interact, you guys like look you guys like a really close knit group and stuff. And I feel like as like students and stuff coming in, that's something that we really look into like when we wanted to set up a company to work for. Because it's like scary coming in as a student yeah. to a big corporation. Yeah. And then like seeing this like family, it makes it a little more heartwarming and stuff and like more welcoming definitely. There's but an authenticity there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No one's fake. No. <laughs> we all, meaning, like I think everyone at work can be them true, their true yeah. selves, yeah. Mm -hmm. and everything. Everyone loves that, admires, yeah. and respects, the, you know, the differences in each other. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of going off what you were saying about us entering the workforce. Do you guys want to maybe explain your story, how you first got into fashion, and maybe any advice that you learned going through that process? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had no idea. It was a long history. I had no idea that this was a career option, first off. It was creative, and I did not do that well in school academically, to be honest with you, in high school. And I don't think my parents really knew what to do with me. They weren't very guiding about, like, oh, you're creative, you can try these things. I think they really just knew, like, the very typical jobs, like mm -hmm. teacher, doctor, lawyer. Yeah. Those are your options. And I was like, I don't want to be any of those things. Um, so I kind of had a longer path where I, I I took time off school after high school and I snowboarded and hung out and just made things. I always was into making things and thrifting for sure. And then I heard of this program at Colorado State and that's when I really knew that this there might be jobs connected to fashion. I really didn't know that before. I think coming from a small town, you're just like, you have no idea that really exists. Um, maybe more now because of social media and stuff like that. It's a little bit different, but at the time I really didn't know. And so I, um, Yolanda Sanders was my professor at CSU. Wow. And that's why I'm here because she contacted me and we've stayed in touch over the years. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. yeah, but she was very encouraging and she gave me a lot of confidence in school. Whereas, you know, I think there's some really amazing fashion schools, obviously, Parsons, all of these like really top your art schools. I think for me, like Colorado State was probably a really good thing because it made, allowed me to sort of be a bigger fish in a small pond and yeah. I, it gave me a lot of confidence to, you know, to do more. Does that make sense? And, yeah, and then I got an internship right out of, she actually reminded me last night, Yolanda, she remembered when I got my internship and I was like, in taking a, a 
testing thing yeah. she said and I came up to her and I was like I'm shaking I just got this internship and she was like oh. reminding me of it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I got this internship that I really wanted and um, it was for a company her her brand was Tracy Reese was one of her brands and the other one was Plenty and I moved to New York. I thought I was going to work for a snowboard company. Like I really thought that was my path. But then when I got this internship, I was like, I'll move to New York. And I'd say my biggest advice for everyone is to have the willingness to do anything. I mean, I think attitude is so transparent and you know, you can tell when someone is has a hunger for knowledge and wants to soak it up and is willing to work hard I think that that's kind of rare and if you're really just that the other stuff will follow so, it's really so, inspiring yeah. it definitely is I love that thank you so much I feel like I could go into so much and I'm like how do I condense but I, I came from a really small town in Ohio and was always really interested in fashion since I was like little. Like my mom was really into fashion when I was younger, so I always had this like eye for style and, and being involved in that. And didn't really know I wanted to go into fashion until my senior year or like my junior senior year of high school. And um, I went down south to visit family, and we stopped in Savannah, Georgia, and I fell in love with the campus um, at SCAD and it was the only school I applied to. Um, and I was like, cool, I'm gonna do fashion here. And I got in and I was like, all right, this is what I'm doing. And so um, it was really nice to, I knew I wanted to be in New York eventually, but it was really nice to come from a small town and have Savannah as kind of that like mid-sized like, city and really like blossom into a person. In your four years of college, you're, you're becoming like your own person you still don't know I didn't know who I was you know going into college and so really growing into yourself um, I had so many amazing experiences down there um, Mark Jacobs was really big at the time and they were expanding their diffusion line marked by Mark Jacobs and they opened a location in Savannah and um, I was hired by Robert Duffy who was the CEO at the time and helped open that store um, which then helped me get to uh, my first job in New York uh, when I graduated. And I worked retail um, in the men's store in the West Village. And then I also helped open Bookmark, which is the um, Mark Jacobs bookstore, which is still there. And then I was like, yeah, I want to go into fashion. I want to use my, um, you know, my degree. And I wanted to get more into print design. And so my first uh, sort of assistant level job was at Diana Furstenberg um, in the print studio. And then from there, um, got into more print concept roles, like working at Pink and um, Victoria's Secret and Gap. And uh, that sort of led to Urban, you know? Fast forward like a decade later. And um, also within that time, I went in and out of fashion and uh, went back to school for skincare. And then I was like, I want to get back into fashion. And then, oh, I'm going to leave for a little bit and just style. So it's like, I think the advice for everything is just like, know that you're never going to be on this like trajectory, like this straight, like up, you know, up the ladder path. Like your my path has been twisting <laughs> and winding and up and down. So I think if you can be open to the process and the journey, 
what are you going to do next? What's next? And you're kind of like, I, I don't know, to be honest. So it's kind of like cool to see that it's okay to not know what you're going to do and to go with the flow. You shouldn't and know. Yeah. Please yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it leads you to so many like crazy places. Like, yeah. I actually yeah. grew up in Philadelphia. Oh, and cool. I vowed to my father when I left, I'm never coming back here. I was like, I don't want to live in Philadelphia. I'm gone. And I moved to Atlanta for college mm -hmm. and then ended up right back in Philadelphia. <laughs> right back in yeah. I was like, okay, like years and years later, I was like, okay. Full circle moment where yeah. I've just appreciated that entire journey. So you just never know where yeah. your path will lead you. That's so true. Uh, yeah. Definitely <laughs> by your advice to make your best decision in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. a good way to live by. Um, so this might be a little more directed towards like the designing side, but where sure. do you get that inspiration from? Like for your designs, for those oh, concepts. Man, it comes from everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, these guys really have I mean, Lauren's like 90% of your job, I would say, is a lot of research, right? Research, like yeah, really so scouring. we really don't just like make stuff up. I mean, I think there's a lot of re people don't really understand that how much research goes into concepting yeah. mm -hmm. and like formulating a path for a season. Mm -hmm. So these guys scour the internet, they they look on TikTok, they look, I mean, I used to do all more scouring when I was in a different role, but now I don't have the time. I mean, I'm in a lot of meetings, yeah. so these guys do a lot, and they do everything from, I mean, it's our job to see every runway show. Like, mm -hmm. it's if it's not on your app, then I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I'll design on my team, I'm like, you don't have the Vogue runway app? Okay, <laughs> just go. <laughs> what it, because I think you need to have a, yeah. a curiosity and hunger, yeah. and then vintage, is always like the number one path. Yeah. So we look at vintage all the time. I mean, Depop, Etsy, we go thrifting, we go to flea markets. So a combination of types of research like that they do and we all do because it has to be a part of your, I always say like, it kind of has to be part of your lifestyle yeah. in a weird yeah. way. Like if, if you don't want it to be part of your lifestyle, you probably don't care that much about it. And I think everyone on my team who really has been successful, it's kind of just in your DNA. Like yeah, you really yeah. care and want the knowledge and the hunger for like what's going on mm -hmm. and let me find the next thing. And so I think, you know, yeah, they just research all the time. Yeah. And yeah, like Lady said, just like we're not only just behind computers and like building documents and design based on like, you know, the coolest tears we find from runway, street style, like, um, you know, Vogue, Instagram, TikTok, like all of the, and editorial, and like looking up cool, like, uh, magazine articles that inspire, like, we talked about Dino Core. Dino Core, <laughs> we were talking about that. Yeah, because last week they, they, there's a lot of, I meet with them multiple times a yeah. week, and they sort of like, have their research ready to show me, and like one of the things last week was Dino Core, and it really had me laughing. I was dying. I was dying because you know there's always something that I'm like really like oh kids are doing that yeah. okay, cool I love it I'm into yeah. it let's do it um, so that's really fun I would say I also think it's really important to do market research so a lot of people forget about that part too and we need to know what all of our competitors are doing what kind of price points they're offering like how much is their entry price point T-shirt because mm -hmm. we're competing with them and if yeah. you don't know that part too. I mean, that's just part of the, 
like the balance of rounding out your mm -hmm. knowledge. You have to have a hunger for, for that as well. Some people get kind of like tunnel vision and they only want to research the things that they're into. And that doesn't really make you a well-rounded designer, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think we think about all the sensibilities. So there's like a more feminine sensibility, there's a more edgy alternative, and like a more tomboy leading. So like we always are thinking of all these different types of ways you get to outfits too, or like different personalities that do wear um, our products. Yeah, Urban, unlike a lot of brands, services about five different customers. That's what we like to think about. Whereas a lot of brands, like, they have a very specific target market. Ralph Lauren is a good example. Like, that is a very specific customer, and, and you know, that's great. Our brand try to reaches, tries to reach five different customers. One is, um, like you said, edgier, like a little bit more edgy. Um, one is feminine. One is a little more bohemian leaning, and one, and one is a little more just like streetwear boy. Yeah, yeah. And then like a rocker. Oh, rock. always like the rocker. The rocker. Which, like, <laughs> which is like a trend-driven thing. So right now it's a little bit more um, indie sleeves rocker, right? Like the indie sleeves yeah. coming yeah. back yeah. up to so the mid-2000s, and like moto coming back and all of that. Like music mm -hmm. coming back too, so music is a really big factor in sort of um, how we get to trends too, like mm -hmm. filters yeah. into culture and how we get to those sensibilities. Yeah, too. definitely. I definitely have noticed all those trends in urban, but I still just love how it all still coordinates so well together. Like when oh, you're in the cool. store and you see yeah. it all. Don't you think it's because it doesn't coordinate? Like that's like a eclectic yeah. mix maybe? Right. I think that we do have like a very particular way of styling mm -hmm. um, that is unique to our brand, which yeah. is a bit eclectic. Yeah. Kind of like you don't need that. Very yeah. unique store layout. Makes yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Like the visual merchandising for Urban, it's amazing. Like I love, like I just love walking into the store because I know it's one of like the best visual merchandising stores that I like I've seen just from like being out and about. And it's just always like that aesthetic that you walk in and you feel like you're part of the company almost. Like by yeah. walking into the I, store. I even felt that way when I was a customer. I mean, when I was young, I, I really felt like the first time I walked into an urban, I was like, oh my gosh, this store knows me. This is <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, and there, there weren't many, there's not many places like that. And I do think that's the authenticity piece, too. It's like, I think we are an authentic, we have more authenticity in our DNA, and it, that shows through in the product. In regards to all those trends, now I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. Is there any trends you can leave us with that are kind of coming up? Dinocore! We're really into this, like, Dinocore core slash Dunecore. Like, okay. um, this sort of, like, apocalyptic, dystopian. Oh, yeah. okay. Like, it's a little, it has, like, kind of, like, the, you're going back to, like, primitive times, but it has sort of this, like, modern leaning like aesthetic to it too so like a lot of things are really undone and raw raw edge and seaming and things like that um, and like more neutral colors but it has this like cool attitude I, to it a little bit of sexiness yeah. to it too like all the ribs like the openness and stuff yeah. and like the you, it kind of like reminds utility wear too yep. but yeah. not so perfect mm -hmm. it's more distressed and stuff so 
Cavalli, like yeah. looking yeah. at old blue marine, yeah. like all this like kind of Y2K Femi mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. and now I feel like I've found myself like constantly looking for Jerbo yes. and Rick yeah. Owens. Oh yeah, and, Rick Owens. You know, like, it's yeah. just like it, it, that. There's trends in vintage too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That sort of leads the path too, to to the research. Yeah, no. Especially with like Rick Owens. Do you guys have Flavor Party? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he, and I feel like his music combines a lot of like that Rick Owens fashion. So I remember hearing play Riccardi at first, and I wasn't a big fan of his music, but eventually I started seeing it go into the runway and combine and like be seeing more of his outfits and like just everyday people. So yeah. it's kind of cool to see just like the process from like the music like you guys were talking about to like it being in store now, it being something that you guys are researching for it to put in the store, so yeah, that's like high, really, like yeah. high fashion too, yeah. like more hip hop and music. Yeah, it's like that cool, like it's, coming all together. Yeah, it is yeah. definitely very cool to see the process. Mm -hmm. Music is a connector. Like, yeah. I feel like you have to have the vibe. Just like in every store, you're gonna have the the playlist that yeah. goes along mm -hmm. with it for the season, and that's carefully curated so it leads a way that like actually, yeah. So, yeah, they go hand in hand. It's true. You have to that's create the vibe. It's also interesting how COVID and a pandemic has affected fashion and how much is about. I'm, it's funny because when the pandemic hit, it was, we had already done our holiday concepts um, for what, 2020, I guess that would have been for? Yeah. yeah. And um, as soon as it hit, I was like, we have to do them all over. I feel like, I, I just had this like strong feeling we needed to do it over. And I was like, wait, what would you want if like, Knowing, this. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Like so yeah. we kind of redid them, and one of the concepts we did was total apocalypse. Like it was like very much dune core yeah. leaning. Yeah. And when we presented it at the t like we did all these like puppy jackets and like built up necklines, <laughs> like masks and stuff. Yeah. Well, the truth is it didn't go anywhere because everyone. I don't think anyone was ready for it. They were like, yeah. that is crazy. They were like, that's crazy. Yeah. But now, like right. two years later, it's exactly what's happening. Yeah, it's so you see Balenciaga. Yeah, yeah. I was like, the big we were right. Yeah. We were right. We were just exactly. a little early. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is all about timing. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, you see something, and we're like, okay, the our audience isn't going to be quite ready for that, but maybe in two seasons. Yeah. Give me your back pocket. We like to leave the witness. So you just have to drop some breadcrumbs so that everyone starts getting used to what's mm -hmm. coming down the pike. Even though you know they won't be ready for it yet, right? Mm -hmm. But once you start like keeping going with that same kind of thread of breadcrumbs, in like six months then they're like, oh yeah, we're into that now. I'm like, yeah, that's because <laughs> <laughs> we were giving you subliminal messages. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
Once again, thank you Urban Outfitters for being our season finale guest. And also a big thank you to all of our past guests who made TFS Insider Season 2 an unforgettable one. And with that, this is a wrap for TFS Insider Season 2, but stay tuned for Season 3 coming soon.